Alright, alright, what up? It is episode 76 in the Dwelling Podcast. I am Stuart Anderson, and today we are going to hear from Clark Davis. So grateful for Clark and all he brings to the team. Uh, it's been a few years since we started doing Team Zwift rides in the winter, but man, it has really taken over a lot of what we do as a team. Not only bonding, but our culture, training, and uh, building some great athletes. And Clark has been a huge part of that from the very beginning. So uh, big love to Clark. Thankful for Corby, who also joins us. Um, This is a great interview. Lots of really interesting things and smart things from Clark about his life, training, how he approaches his family, and some of the things that guide him, uh, not only as a man, but as a cyclist. So big love to Clark. Thankful for both of them for joining on this episode. Uh, We're looking forward to team camp in April, 13th through the 16th. We're also looking forward to some team kit pickup before that. I can't remember the exact date, but it's coming up, I believe, in March. Uh, The orders are being worked on right now by Volet, and they'll be shipping them out to us. So that'll be updated soon. Grateful for the squad. Thankful for everything that's going on this winter, for our incredible team sponsors. There are so many uh, companies and people inside of our team that do so much to make sure that we are successful and that this is a fun place to gather and be together as cyclists. So big love to all of our sponsors and thankful for all they do to make us uh, a, a successful squad. So big love to everybody. Thanks for listening and enjoy this episode with Clark. Thanks. All right, what up? Welcome, everybody. If you're uh, joining us on video, I've got what up, Corby, in your beautiful location. Greetings. Howdy. And Clark Davis. Welcome, Clark. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Clark thought up until about a half hour ago that he was the co-host here, but he's actually the subject of our podcast. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Grateful to have you. Corby was a little under the weather this morning on Zwift, but uh, he's feeling good, right? We're getting back in. Feeling better. Feeling better. Clark was on there after his week-long trip that we really felt bad about watching your pictures come through from, I don't even know where you are. I don't care where you were. Where were you? Mexico. Oh, oh Mexico. Whoops. Yeah. So beautiful. That was uh, nice. That was yeah. Nice. Hey, before we get to Clark, we're going to, I just want to ask Corby a quick question. So Corby posted yesterday to his Instagram that's a six month mark for not yes. drinking, rock, not drinking, drinking rock, rock stars, which he used to drink three a day for over 10 years. Wow. For and sure. he said, I wasn't sure <laughs> I could or would ever stop drinking. Then, then one day I realized I clicked and realized I was stronger than my addiction. Quitting felt different than prior attempts. I'm proud I've made this long and realized I can still fall right back into it. Dude, this is cool. Yeah. What happened? Um, I don't know. I've tried to quit a couple of times in the past and I've yeah, I've quit for maybe a month or so, but uh always fallen back into it. Just it started out probably 12, 12 years ago, just my first desk job after college. Just something to sip on, you know. Just yeah. Everyone has their thing that they sip on at their desk. It seems like, and for me, that was the only drink I found that it was like low calorie. Uh, I liked the taste, and just never got tired of it. And just, and just jacked on nine hundred mils of caffeine yeah, a day. I sort of have that personality that like if a little bit of something is good, then a whole lot of it <laughs> is even better. And I like that, that just was me to the max with those things like I would watch for them to go on sale at the grocery store for a buck a can and I would go buy like 300 cans and that would just last me for what a few months a couple months but literally it was 
it was ridiculous. And it always became like the most, I always felt the most exposed when we would go on vacation huh. and uh, I wouldn't have my stash with me. Right. So I'd be like going from gas station to gas station, trying to, huh. to find my hit. Yeah. And especially if we would leave the country or something somewhere where they don't stock that drink, I would just be like a junkie, just looking everywhere for it. And that's when I really would like sort of have some self-reflection and think like, okay, this is pretty ridiculous. I should get a handle on this at some point, but never was sure if I actually could or if I really cared to, like I felt fine drinking that much caffeine. Um, it wasn't like I felt unhealthy. Yeah. Um, wow. I could drink a can and go right to sleep, but <laughs> I feel I feel fine not drinking it too. Not, so not even not a like tingle? Had, like yeah. no tingle. You don't even like no, nothing. I didn't have any more energy then, or I don't just, have any more energy now. It's just like hmm. why do it? I love it. Congratulations. So, yep. Yeah. Very good. That's yeah, thank you. Well done. Well done. Yeah, okay. All right, I've got a quick introduction from uh, Clark's wife, Kara. Thank you, Kara, if you're listening. This is a very good introduction, short and sweet, but you could interject at any time, Corby or Clark, if you want to chime in. Uh, Clark's wife says this, Clark, Clark claims, to be, claims to be from California and Utah, but we all know he's a Utah boy at heart. Grew up in the shadows of Olympus Cove. I didn't know that. Surrounded by family and friends. A frequent diner to at Spring Garden Arby's, dude, mocha salsa. And what is this? What is Tardy King of Skyline High School? Bro, you just like can't get anywhere on time? What is that? I, I guess. I just never dude. made it on time anyway. Yeah. Tardy King, class of 2001. While attending the University of Utah, he met and married an East Coast girl. And together we have a beautiful 14-year-old daughter. So do I, Clark. Very good. Uh, Grace Ella is her name. She's the light of our family. We lived in Maryland for seven years. How come? Clark, was that work? Work. Yep. Okay, work. Uh, and in 2015, returned back to Zion. And that's when Clark entered the Utah tech arena. Clark, what do you do for work? Tech. I work in software. Um, and uh, it's all right. It's good. It's kind of boring. It's like saying you're a dentist. You just we do the same thing every day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Shout out to Shout out to Nay Bones on that one, you know. Nay Bones. Thanks to his dad's bribe, he took up cycling in 2016, and the rest is history. When he's not wearing bibs, Clark, you wearing bibs now? I wish. <laughs> he can be found in his work uniform, Roan joggers, and a plaid button-down vest. Let's see it. That's well, pretty good. Yeah. She got me. Okay. Just got off a work call. So. Anyone who truly knows Clark knows he loves cycling, but he loves Jesus more. An avid student of the scriptures. Love studying the life of Christ. Our family motto is Davis's do hard things. And Clark is a great example of this. Whether it be waking up at 4.30 a.m. on Saturday mornings to get that long ride in before Donut Saturday. Dude, I want Donut Saturday. What is that? Every Saturday we go down to Lehigh Bakery and get square donuts. Boom. It's so good. Best donut in the state. And then we, I didn't, I forgot this. She says, or Everstein during Christmas break, dude. I forgot. I already forgot you did that. That was awful. So did oh I. Oh my gosh. We I got put that in the back that. of my memory. <laughs> and she says, uh, their family supported you on that uh, effort or spending hours planning routes to ride with friends and coming home with pictures and videos to tell the tale. Mm -hmm. Clark does hard things and our family is so grateful for his example. 
and all he does to love and support us. Dude, great intro. Very good, Clark. She nailed it. Thank you. Clark, remind me how we all got connected here. Well, how did it happen? Yeah, so this is a funny story. Um, I, so I initially knew, I got into cycling kind of 2016, right? Through a bribe. We can go deeper on that if you want, but. Did you say uh, bride? A bribe. <laughs> With the B. Um, <laughs> my dad is happily married. So <laughs> they, um, I got kind of into it through Matt Ryder. Oh. And so I used to ride on Creighton Riders. Uh, okay. The Saints to Sinners. Uh, and then I also knew I, I lived down the street from Dean Walker. He was my doctor that fixed me up when I was 18. And um, I knew James Clissold, uh, who was a part of the team a while back. And it's kind of how it all kind of came together. And so I used like I spent I got on a Zwift ride with you guys in like 2018. 18. Yeah. I think it was like Thanksgiving week. My very first Zwift ride was Siri Hills. Intimate group. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was like six of us. And I was, I was last. I, I <laughs> okay. couldn't even, I couldn't even keep up. Corby knows could, about Surrey Hills. Thanks, Corby. Yeah. <laughs> got you covered. <laughs> got you covered. I got dropped quick. And mm -hmm. at that point, I Did we leave you? Oh yeah. I mean, it was yeah. awesome. It was the right, <laughs> it was the right move. I mean, you had to, like it was, oh, I mean, gosh. it was bad. Um, and I just said to myself at that point, I am not. I'm not worthy enough to join this team yet. So I mm -hmm. spent all of 2019 like Zwift stalking everybody mm. or not Zwift, Strava stalking. Strava. And I would literally look at the rides and say, okay, how long did it take them to go up Big Cotton Canyon? And then that mm. was my ride the next week. Got it. To go see if I could actually try. And I remember one time someone, I think you made a comment on someone's uh, post or ride about going up Butterfield. And you're yeah. like, all right, we'll see you next Saturday. And I was like, sweet this is a chance for me to put it to the test mm -hmm. y'all didn't go and i rode butterfield by myself and it was great <laughs> that's, so that's, that's kind of how it i cold i just cold emailed you i was okay. like hey can i join i was like november of 2019 i think when i just nice. like can i join and you're like i don't even know who you are let me go ask these people before i let you into this voxel <laughs> dude okay that's good though. I mean, usually that is, that is like a normal scenario though. Like watching us kind of like, Oh, I like how they ride. This is what I want to do. So that was good. Okay, good. Very good. Corby, any questions from uh introduction? Anything you want to dig uh, in there? Yeah. I was wondering what your ties to California are. Yeah. So we uh, actually, we lived, moved out there. I was born in Salt Lake and then at one moved out and we lived in a little uh, town, okay. Moraga. My dad worked in the Bay Area, was in oil and gas. Um, okay. And uh, we lived out there in Baraga and Walnut Creek until 93, I think, or 94. Got it. And then made a mass exodus out and moved back to Utah. So that was, mm -hmm. we just lived, I mean, just did pre-K, kindergarten, elementary, all through that. Living the dream okay. in Walnut Creek, California, the Nut Creek. Nice. Very cool. Got it. So. Uh, is your family active, Clark? Did you grow up playing sports and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I grew up playing, I mean, I, all of the little league stuff, baseball and basketball and dabbled with football. Um, but in high school and college, I played rugby. And so I played mm -hmm. rugby at Skyline and then dabbled at the U for a little bit. And, nice. But I dislocated my shoulder so many times. That's why Mr. Dr. Walker had to fix me up and 
ever since then, ever since I was 18, it's just never been the same. So, you know, just like not there, but yeah, I was just like Dave Britton, like just played rugby and it was the best sport ever. Uh, I loved it. It was just me and a mouth guard. And that was about as much protection as I had. So I loved it. Dang. Skyline had a a great team. Yeah. I mean, I I think they do now too. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, when I got back uh, from my mission, I used to coach after. And so I coached the high school team and then Coached out in Maryland as well, a bunch of schools. And there is just a severe talent gap between Maryland and Utah players. It's yeah. the speed is so much faster out there. It's crazy. Huh. Cool. So, yeah. All right. All right. We talked about your work. You were not very stoked on talking about that. I'm just going to pick up <laughs> that social cue there. <laughs> <laughs> that software. We'll just dump that question. So how did you kind of transition? I mean, we know you had a, a bribe, but maybe tell about that. Well, the bribe to get into endurance sports. Yeah. So the the bribe to get in endurance sports really wasn't a bribe as much as it was. I just had to do it. So I'll try to keep it really short, but um, I, I think it was like 2014, no, 20, 2011 or 2012. Um, I woke up one morning unable to move my legs. I was like paralyzed in my bed. What? And yeah, it was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I was tapping Kara and I said, I, I can't get out. Like, I can't get out of bed. And she thought I was joking because who says that? I was yeah. in my, my you know, late 20s. So it's like, that's not something that happens. But um, at that point, I realized that something was wrong with my body and I had to like fix it. And I didn't know what it was. So I met with a bunch of different doctors. Um, and finally, after about four doctors, it came back that I had um, just severe arthritis in my spine and my spine had basically wow. just like, seized up. And so- Dang. The doctor was like, here is your sentence. Essentially, it was like, here's these injections and these pills and you're going to have to be on for the rest of your life. I was like 26. It's like, there's no way I'm getting on like like cell bricks or something like that yeah. at that age. And so I, I got into uh, alternative methods to like figure out how I'm going to like save my life. Because um, I think that day I had popped well over... 3000 milligrams of ibuprofen just to try to get the swelling down. Cause I, I couldn't move. I had to crawl to the bathroom. It was wild. So I had to get into it somehow. And the doctor's like, get active. That's the number one thing you can do. Cause the less active you are, the more you stiffen up and you can't move. So that's, and ever since then, it's always been that way. So I got into running actually first. Um, I hated running. I hated endurance sports. Like, I don't know why, but that was my kind of entry point. So I started like, I did a 5k and then I was like, oh, I could easily do a half marathon. And then I just did half marathon. And then I said, well, s- screw the marathon. And I went straight to a 50 miler. And I just went and did ultra marathons from that point forward and did a few of those and uh, kind of found my niche. I found like big people can ride. Cause I was, there was a point where I was well over 200 pounds. Um, it was like 210, 215 and uh, just not healthy in any way, shape or form. And so that's what got me into endurance sports and then the bribe was my dad bought me a bike for my birthday in 2016 hmm. and said, oh, okay. you, you have to do these three events or else you have to pay me for the bike. Uh, that right. was the deal. Right. So that was, that's how I got into cycling. I mean, that was, I don't know, I guess I was too stubborn. I didn't want to pay for the bike because he bought me like a really nice specialized Roubaix, wow. like SL4. And I'm like, how much did this cost? He's like, well, you'll find out at the very end. If you <laughs> nice (laughs) that was it so that that's how i got in that's how i got into it and i've just been it's just graduate i've just graduated up to it but that's what got me into um it was an easy transition once i got the bike 
I did the St. George half Ironman and uh, never, I'll never do that again. That was like mm-hmm. four o'clock yeah. swimming. Heard that, we've heard that before. Worst. Yeah. Smelling like chlorine all day long. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how it is. And so the, I mean, Clark, I've no, I feel like I know you pretty well uh, to find out something like this. Like it's always so, I don't want to say it's cool, but dude, what a cool thing about your person. You don't talk about it. You don't make complaints about it. You're not like, look at my, my spine, my arthritis. So yeah. dude, big kudos Clark for figuring this out. Like, I yeah. think it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you it. Should, yeah. Are you going to set your avatar weight at 210 now or what's the deal? What do you <laughs> On these flat courses, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I go up out the Wes, I'll put it. It's uh, I'll put it, I think, uh, what does Pablo put it at? 119, I think. So I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Is that possible? Uh, Corby, any follow-up there on those? On yeah, this, I want to uh, hear more about the uh, trail running oh. or, or the ultra running. I'm assuming there was some trail in there. Yeah, yeah, it was all trail. Back okay. in Maryland running on the road's not safe because they had like zero shoulders and so you have to go run Mm -hmm. in the woods and every place that all the back in maryland the only safe place to go ride is next to rivers so you're running against the potomac river the patapsco river um no people just tons of cobwebs because the spiders are everywhere and you just run right through them they're all over your face but um I, i it's funny i i actually haven't i haven't done a big time running since 2016 so i did the pony express 50 miler okay in the west desert um if you want a cool gravel ride that would be a fun one which one clark pony express okay it's like it starts out just out by um uh, delta not delta uh faust or faust or whatever they call it um but yeah it's literally on the pony express trail and there's nothing out there there's no support you had one guy who was like 80 years old sitting at a ham radio station and he would just like radio in your number when you ran past him like you had to bring your own water your food yeah. everything and it was uh but that's what i loved like it was awesome so that's how i got into it and i think what really got me excited was and you know you know who i'm talking about uh Stu, but james Clissel, yeah. he did wasatch 100 and mm-hmm. <clears throat> supported him on that he took sixth overall wow. and uh he flew and i just remember sleeping in the back of my car at soldier summit at like 3 a.m and here he comes running down the hill and I'm like, Oh crap. So I had to get out of the car. Dude. Go support him. So yeah. I, I still love trail running, um, but I love cycling more. Yeah. I think I'm the same way. I don't miss running on the road much, but I definitely miss trail running. And I just wish there was time to do both, but there just isn't. That's a good, that's a good call out. Cause you can't, I, I can't do both at the, yeah. at the, the commitment that I want to give both of them. I can't, it's exactly. really, yeah. what is it Clark? maybe that draws you to cycling more than is it i mean i know you love to suffer that's a big part of it but is there yeah. i mean what what else is it that you're like this is it i found the thing i don't know i think um i get asked this all the time and i don't have like a cool answer like a like a shaman would or something you know where it's like phil- like philosophical <laughs> but um I think a lot of people are like, oh, so what music do you listen to? And I, I, I don't listen to any music. I think for me, it's being able to be in your thoughts all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when I run, I feel like I'm always out of breath and I'm struggling. Like with my cycling, you, you don't have to worry about that. So I guess it's more of like, I can be in myself a little bit more. And I also, I like seeing the world at like 22 miles per hour as opposed to three. Mm-hmm. I feel like I see more. So, <laughs> but anyway, definitely agree. 
I just, yeah. I don't have like a good answer. Like I no, just like it. I just, to me, it just feels like freeing. And I have noticed that the more that I ride, the more it like, it balances me. Like I can handle work stress so much better. Hmm. I can handle family stress so much better because I know that I have to give an hour and a half, two hours of just as much energy as possible in the morning. And then I know how much I've got left and I just don't waste my, I don't waste my energy on things I can't control. And that's what cycling does for me. Nice. Uh, I feel like both you guys are pretty hardcore into the team. Like me, is a big part of your experience as a cyclist. Uh, maybe you could both answer this question. What is it that draws you to whether it's the culture or what, what's been created? I mean, Clark, cause you were just like, let's do this. I want to be part of this. What was it about it that you were like, I want to, I want to be part of this group? Yeah. I mean, the simple answer was, is it's hard to find people that want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go stuff. <laughs> like, it's really like, no, like no joke. That's a very, I would, for sure. it was lonely. I was, I was really lonely a lot of the time. And I mean, my dad lives up in Salt Lake at the mouth of like immigration canyons. I can't just like go up and see him and ride with him. And so I had to figure it out. And I don't know, that's really what drew me. But I think it's like every ride I go on, there's no excuses, but yet there's no criticism. Like you, everyone expects you to go out and, and ride hard. That, that's mm -hmm. it. Like, go out, ride hard, be prepared, be professional. Yeah. And if you're the last one up the hill, no, there's no criticism for being the last one up the hill. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you did it. And as long as you gave your hundred percent, that's what I feel like the team gives me is like expect a hundred percent and just know that that person gave it and be like fulfilled in that moment. Nice. How about you, Corby? Same question. Yeah. No, um, actually before I get into that though, our discussion earlier made me wonder how far back do the Midwayles with rides go anyway? Cause I started in like fall of 2020. So yeah. I don't even know like how long has this been going? 2018. So is that about yeah, yeah. So, yeah, twenty twenty eighteen. We, Britton, Jake, Clark, Clark, uh, Doug Brower, uh, Taylor Cannon. I mean, it was a yeah. small group. Sharp, Sharp Cal was on there. Calvin was there. Calvin, uh, yeah. if you ever ridden with Calvin, uh, we even got that guy, Mister Bicycle or whatever, the guy with like the weird mustache. I can't think of his name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bicycle or Bicycle or something like that. He used to show up all the time. He joined a couple times. And then after that, uh, once AJ started joining like the next year, AJ kind of created like a, it really opened up like, hey, we should invite, we, sh we should all invite other, invite other people. Yeah. And AJ is connected to so many people. They started seeing him on Strava. And I think that it just kind of snowballed. Yeah. yeah. But 2018 uh, okay. and Toby was on there and Tiff and Don, they obviously they were on there early. Um, yeah. So yeah, 2019. Because yeah, I don't think I would have found the team otherwise yeah. without the Zwift rides. That's what that's what kind of draw myself and Josh into it first because um, you know, for us down here, we we like to ride at 5 a.m. as well all through the summer and then try to do it as long as we can into the winter as well. And we never we never really loved the trainers either until we found uh, the Dwayne group rides. And then we were yeah. just like, Oh yeah, this is, this is our group. This is totally what we're looking for. 
Dude, it's so cool to watch 25 dudes, 30 guys on there now, like this morning, just like hammering together. Yeah. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's crazy to watch that many strong riders together. It's awesome. I it's just it. nice to know that there's going to be 30 people that all want to take a nap at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, no, before. No, I was just going to say, I, I actually didn't do a very good job. I, I had thought about saying this at the beginning and I forgot. Um, like Clark, the reason I wanted to interview you, Clark, is because Clark is Clark has single-handedly created a very big part of who we are. Like it, um, I'm I'm like convinced. Like Zwift is like it is part of us. It, it used to kind of be like winter. Like oh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of dude. This is half our year. This is how we engage. Like I don't know Corby without Zwift. Like I don't. It's a really cool thing that we have created in the sense of like connection. Um, yeah. I mean, we're not together, but we're together. Like if we didn't have it, I don't think the team would be what it is. And I, a lot of that lays on Clark's shoulders. He carries a lot of the leadership and the planning and the coordinating of what we do. And uh, anyway, very cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Uh, it's awesome. Right. Thank you. It's a fun vision to share. I think we all kind of share um, that it can be, it can be more than just like getting on there and, lying about your weight it really is a fun like yeah. it's a fun it's a fun setup so yeah i love it it's it's kind of nice it's a community that you i don't know i i miss it when i'm not on it it's sick but i don't miss zwift i miss my p i miss my friends i, yeah. I miss like when sharp was out for a while like i didn't like the, I, like i didn't like that sharp was sick because right. it, it bothered me i'm like <laughs> I need that gray haired, like, I don't even know what it is. Like I need that guy in front of me. I need, red, I need like AJ's red. red box, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I just, it feels, it feels like you, you're a part of something so much bigger and you, yeah, you're, you were, you relied on like, I but you're, but you're, it. but you do great at that Clark. You recognize Corby wasn't on this morning and you asked him where he was. You've sent me multiple texts like, Hey, where were you? What were you doing? Not in the sense of like, where were you? But, but like, you know, we missed you. We missed you. Missed, you missed your training rides, dude. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Um, some quick questions, Clark. Uh, what what bike are you currently riding? So outside, I do the BMC Road Machine. That uh, black one, beautiful black bike. One. Love that one. I got you know get the new wheels on there, the climbing wheels, and then outside. Also, I got the I got the GS one, the, uh, the the green one. Um, mm -hmm. We like then, to call it Shrek, the Shrek color. Shrek. That is, I like that. I've never heard that, but I'll, I'll roll with it. Um, and then on the trainer, I've got uh, just a Roubaix that uh, an old, you know, not, not an old one, I guess, you know, 2013, uh, just a Roubaix S-Works um, caliper brake. Um, what do you call them? Rim brake. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. So upgraded to the thing. But those are the three bikes that I have that consume my, uh, nice. my pocketbook. Okay. Favorite local ride? Oh, uh, Alpine Loop and dropping down to Cascade Springs, the number one. Nine. Alpine Loop from which side? Do you like American, Fork. American Fork? Yeah. yeah. It's just literally right up my, I mean, I just ride up my street. Um, super close. Yeah. Last summer, didn't you do uh, Alpine Loop every day one week? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right, dude. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I think I joined you for one. Yeah. You and, and uh, Rich and um, who else came up from down there? Oh man, I can't think of his name. Guy got I, didn't, I like didn't catch on. That was what you were doing until the end of the week. That was 
I was trying to get 200 miles and 20,000 feet of climbing. And if you do it, if you do that six times, you're well over that. Dang, that's rad. That's fun. That yeah, was a great week. I love that ride. Plus Cascade Springs, there's no, that is what heaven will look like when you ride a bike. That is <laughs> fantastic. Dude, so I agree with the descent. I don't think I've ever enjoyed climbing back out of Cascade Springs. No, it's horrible. The descent is amazing. But you, you mean climbing up like, like climbing up from Heber, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, back up to the top of Alpine Loop on the Cascades. For yeah. Okay. Just because by then I'm like spent and just mm. out of water, hot. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of great ways to arrive at the base of that, of yeah. that climb. No. Well, you only, you only have so many options. Like, what do you do? Go up Pine Valley? Like, that's even worse. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, because got... the, the only time I've ever done it, we came up guardsman down Pine Canyon. And then I was like, we haven't been going up for like five minutes. We're like going back up. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, super fast. Sorry, I keep going. No, favorite place to travel? Uh, so, I love Mexico, go every okay. year, January. And then Pennsylvania, love going to Pennsylvania where my in laws live. Okay. And what's your uh, N plus one? What are you looking to buy right now? Oof, I, like I low-key don't have anything because I really love my BMC. Um, but if someone put like a tarmac in front of me, I'd probably buy it. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then uh you're level 50 on Zwift. Uh I know I feel I feel bad saying it because we had a flex moment where Josh was like saying 44. I'm a level 56 right now. Oh dang. Okay. All right. Dude, you so, might get 60 dude. by the end of the winter. <laughs> no way. Oh, okay. I'm like in the 30s. I don't know. Huh? What's happening here? You gotta get more routes, I'm, dude. I'm way just around. The route, the the badges, man. Like right now, the key. Yeah. So here's the thing: is I I got stuck on level fifty for over a year, but they kept oh. they kept mm. counting, and mm-hmm. so I'm getting double point every mile. I get sixty points as opposed right. to thirty. So I'm like leveling up faster. Um, got it. And I, that's why I did all the route badges during the double up because it doubles the route badge as well. Nice. So that's you gotta, play, you gotta play the game. It was really cool, but yeah, go get your out badges. That's how you get points. Go do PRL full. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that reminds me, Stu, are you still missing the Uber pretzel? I haven't done Uber pretzel. That's the only one. Let's get it. Yeah, let's go do one. it. And and I think tomorrow, I mean, obviously the Scotland route's open, but yeah, Uber pretzels just hang in there. Yeah. So it's like five hours of. It's a long one. I think if bad. we're I think if we're together, the hardest part is that uber pretzel is you got to go up the alp and down and down the alp yeah you're not done at the top so anyway okay favorite zwift accessory clark oh my my top knot <laughs> what about the leader hosen dude <laughs> i could go with the leader hosen. i just got that though i don't know so funny that is pretty good i should have written that on uh saturday when i was i i, I, I use it but i forget i have it and then so then i turn into the uh the rainbow like changing every time i used to do that every lap or every hour i changed on those long runs. that's fun kind of fun but my, i feel like my top knot was my key because 20 2020 camp i think it was everyone realized i was bald because no one had met me in person yet that's right and so they're like oh clark wait you don't have what and they're like your your swift avatar doesn't match wait, your you're part. lying on swift what? it's like what? yeah same with my weight too i'm <laughs> All right, Corby, are these your questions? Bad crap. Yeah, you do that one. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> any uh, any exciting crashes to share with us? Yeah, unfortunately. 
So <laughs> I, I used to not have any, like I rode for about three years, didn't have any problems. And then I like, thought I was a really good cyclist. And that's when I started falling. Um, <laughs> the worst one was in the Mill Creek Canyon. I was riding with my dad at Mill Creek Canyon. Oh no. And uh, we stopped at the gate. And then like this park ranger started talking to us and I could not unclip. And I was standing still and I just, bam, like I had a bruise on my hip that like a Bertha sack. It was so bad. And it was literally just standing still. That was like, I think that was uh, the most embarrassing slash like worst mm-hmm. one, but I've, I've, I've actually fallen twice last year. Um, uh, dirty dino. I went mm. over the handlebars. Um, Dude. It was pretty bad. I was, I think Stu, you, you were, I think, you know what I'm talking about yeah. when you get back on the road. Yeah. There's that yeah. like really sharp turn with like yeah yeah on the bridge yeah yeah or whatever I totally it was, yeah. cooked it totally Ooh. cooked it and I ended oh. up in the ditch ran into uh, like a fence <laughs> oh it was I was uh, but here's the thing I was so the the what do you call it adrenaline was running because it it was me and this other guy mm-hmm. and this was the difference between me taking second as opposed to first so he took first in the age group and oh. I took I mean, there's nothing I could do about it. Uh, I had to, that's why I had to buy a new uh, new kit. I got tore up my red racing kit, me dwelly oh, kit. Man. So that was a bad one. And then just a stupid one up uh, Granite Flats. I was drinking and I hit a pothole and I couldn't grab my handlebar fast enough and just bam, hit my chest on my top tube and oh. bounced off and it was bad. So <laughs> two helmets this year. I had to get two new helmets. <laughs> Shoot, dude. Any other memorable stories that stick out from red favorite favorite events or i don't know yeah i mean to me the the biggest one is uh, i don't uh, corby i know you've done salt to saint i think but riding with creighton and matt and the whole rider crew Mm -hmm. uh, creighton riders and saints to centers did that three years in a row there's nothing there's nothing like that group that's what probably and once I saw what that was like, and I realized a lot of those guys, cause I mean, I'd ride with, you know, Jake and Jason and Paul, Matt, those guys. And just seeing like those people, it was pretty cool. I remember, I'll never forget riding in the you know, va- fire Valley fire, whatever it's called down in Arizona, no Nevada coming into Henderson and it's 108 degrees. Matt's got his dad on the front of his bike and, and we're just taking turns pushing him because battery's dead. This thing is just, it's just, it's one of those surreal moments where you're like, there's so much more to life than just like me. And uh, you start nice. to learn like what support really looks like. So that, that was one memory I'll never forget ever <laughs> in my life. It's pretty awesome. Cause I've known the writers my whole life. So. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So that, that's, that's probably the most memorable. And then doing that. Cause like the bribe was, I had to do saints to sinners with my dad. I had to do Lodija and I had to do the ulcer, the old the Utah Lake Century ride. <laughs> and uh, those, those were the three big events. Yeah, my dad, my dad didn't goof around. He, he was, was that all in your first year? Yeah, that was huh? my wow. first year. Did you guys ride Lodija together, you and your dad? Or did you yeah, we did you a two person relay. So nice. He, uh, he is like, if you, my dad's like, my dad's kind of like my superhero for cycling. He, so he used to ride for the um, old porcupine club back in the nineties and two thousands. And then he rode for IHC for a little bit. He's got, he'll probably get mad at me for saying this, but he's got, I think 12 loadages under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he's him. just you, you you need someone to pull you anywhere he'll pull he is just the guy to get behind so he's awesome like he's so, inspiration so who gets more miles every year you or him oh i do now <laughs> yeah um it's it's actually been interesting he, he had a couple of bad falls uh mountain biking down in saint george that's jacked up his shoulder and wrist so it's it's hard for him to hold the bike but for a long time i don't know how he did it he well my very first bike ride was 20 like 14 i was living in maryland i visited here and he's like let's go on a bike ride and i was like okay cool and he got on his old specialized bike that had like the three rings and the cassette and it was just really old and cool and we went 50 miles out to antelope island and i couldn't walk for days like, <laughs> it was so bad i couldn't even sit down to go to the bathroom and i thought i'm never doing this again and uh -huh. here i am doing 50 in zwift and tuesday morning so yeah wow so cycling's a big part of my life now it really is uh just awesome yeah maybe talk about how you manage it all um it's always a fun thing to hear from uh, i know a lot of us ride early that's how we manage it but it's hard to manage energy, you know, time with family events. Um, what's kind of your philosophy there? Yeah, it's been, that's been the biggest, uh, that's a hard one because I don't feel like I figured it out yet. Mm -hmm. um, I started just the last couple of years. It's been nice to, I think COVID really helped me because I didn't, it was always around the family. So like getting away was the biking and it was really easy to do. But then when you had to go back to office and you had to go back to life, it changed. And then I had to find, I, I found myself being like, I can't do the six hour ride starting at 8 a.m., 9 a.m. on Saturday because yeah. I won't get home till three. And then, you know, I only have so many weekends with my daughter. So um, it's been tough to be able to balance it, but you're right. 4.30 to me doesn't bother me anymore. Like <laughs> it's as long as I'm making the sacrifice, I'm totally cool with it. Cause it's like, if my daughter feels like I'm sacrificing her time, that's selfish and I have to pull back. Um, mm. And everything centered around cycling, even like trips. Like I will take, take my bike certain places. Uh, I've honestly thought about getting pedals just so I could put them in. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not getting paid to do this. What's wrong with me? Like, like this is crazy. So I don't, I don't know if I've necessarily figured it out, but yeah, I think a lot of it is because of the diagnosis that I got a long time ago, it just feels like I have to do it in order for me not to like shrivel up. So hmm. Kara knows that. And she, that kind of follows along and she knows that it's like healthy. She knows when I don't ride, I'm a different person. So mm. it's kind of nice. I just don't have, I haven't figured it out. So I, I, I love when you ask this question to people on the podcast, because I love how other people do it. And I like take that and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go do that. Like, this is helpful. And that's why I like about the community so much. So, but how do you do it? Like, cause you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. Yeah. You know uh, it's a moving target. If I'm being honest. Like it's different every year. I did, I, you know, you think you kind of have it figured out. And then last year we, um, in enters high school mountain biking, um, you know, and it's like, I don't want to be a loaded Joe while my kids racing. That's like ridiculous. Why, how, yeah. why would I ever, I mean, that's my, I'm, I'd never miss that. And so, um, I like managing it now is like, I want to see her do the thing I love. I want to see her excel. And so, um, that, that's changing the way that I manage, uh, and Kristen manages the way that we, when they're little is easy. You're just like, they don't even know I'm gone. Like <laughs> you just leave them and then they <laughs> come back on Saturday for pancakes, you know, yeah. the, but now that they're older, um, you know, 
it's more difficult to manage. So, anyway. well, Corbin, how about you? You got a baby coming. Like that's all changing for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what this year is going to look like from that perspective, at least for April and May. So, I think on my podcast, I just said like it's sort of there's always different phases of life, and so I think it's important to just realize that where you're at in life right now and and try to find those hours that do work when it's sort of least noticeable that you're gone and getting exercise and you know 5 a.m certainly is a good time for that unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like i feel like a lot of the the group a lot of the doilies have that in common where it's like early mornings are no big deal and and it's such an amazing time to ride at the same time like it's the golden hour you know it's like beautiful in the morning that time in the summer um so yeah i try to often just reflect too on like i mean you guys know the this this sport could be all-encompassing like Mm -hmm. corby does it for a job yeah it just consumes you like food and weight and gear and clothing and routes oh we got to plan a route for saturday Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna waste all day friday planning a route and then i'm planning events and managing team ordering my bike ready gotta get i gotta wash my bike i I gotta it needs an hour of uh Uh and so i mean to double down on clark's scripture study but sometimes when i think where is my treasure right where is my treasure? Where am I putting all my time? Dude, that's where my heart is. And I'm like, okay, my heart is here. That's probably not, I should probably evaluate how yeah. much time. Cause sometimes I'm like, dude, 12 hours a week. What could I do with 12 hours a week? Uh, 13 <laughs> yeah. hours or 14. Um, and that's and, just writing. Like that's not everything right. else and, into it. And right. so I guess to answer your question, Clark, it's, I'm always like trying to find, um, how to make it work. What's the, what's the yeah. smartest, best way? Cause the last thing I want to do is look back and be like, what a waste of time. Yeah. Like what an idiot and have my kids think, well, dad and his dumb bike. Like that's a, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> that would <be> the worst. <laughs> no, I think I need to do self checks all the time with that. Yeah, same. So yeah. anyway, Clark or Corby, any follow-up there for Clark's training or anything you want to ask? Um, well, one of my most memorable memorable rides was with Clark last year. I think it is in the books as the coldest ride I've ever been on. Oh, that was bad. Do you remember, I remember these one, pictures? I remember. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, that one came to mind as I was thinking of of uh, sort of rides I've done with Clark and how how I know Clark. We went up. This was last year, right? We went up South Fork. Was it that? Yeah, I think so. Or it maybe last I year. can't remember. But that was a that was a bad choice. Bad. And choice. it was one of those rides that, as soon as we started at Provo Canyon, we all were thinking the same thing <laughs> that we should turn around, and yeah. like nobody dared yeah. just call an audible and be like, <laughs> uh, "Hey guys, let's let's go ride somewhere where it's not going to get ten degrees colder than it already is," <laughs> and we just kept going. And oh my goodness, it was, it was bad. Miserable. That was a bad. That was like. Here I am thinking, okay, I got the guys, like we got the Utah, the Utah County chapter. We're all in. Mm-hmm. I think we had Lopper with us. 
Yeah, we did. He was mad. Like, I haven't <laughs> seen him on a ride since. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. And Josh the whole time was just mad, like, shivering mad. I swear Josh was like in tights. Like, he wasn't even wearing, he was just wearing bibs. I swear he didn't even have tights. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty typical, Josh. I so good. <laughs> the, that was funny. I the one ride that you I, I where you weren't able to join Corby, but I came down to your neck of the woods and Josh and I rode up Nebo. And yeah. no one knows about this, but I guess now everyone will. That was a terrible ride for me. I had just got back from spending like two weeks back east with like minimal training, you know, thousand feet above sea level, and here I am going to nine thousand feet. I got home from that ride and, and cried almost. I was being blood. I was in bad shape. No, oh, no. I was in bad shape. And Josh was like, you know how Josh gets, he just was like, okay, let's go. And I'm trying, I don't want to be on his wheel. So I'm like pushing on the side next to him. I don't know where I'm going. I'm down in like, pace. I've never been in Payson. I've never been my bike in Payson before. And <laughs> it was terrible, but we were up, you know, you, you know, I'm talking about Corbin. When you go up Nebo, there's like, the dip and then up and then the dip again mm-hmm. and on that last down he's like i could tell i was bothering him that was i not not like in a bad way but he he's you know he likes to go fast he's like oh i i don't mean to like like leave you but corby took this ko i'm not i'm gonna go get it <laughs> and he just that's takes a lie off. by the way i have no comms up there <laughs> <laughs> he just takes off and he's like and he literally is up there for about 10 minutes and I come up and I, and I'm starting to hurt. I can, I can feel it. I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm turning around and going downhill for, cause it's a long descent. It's like a 25 minute descent yeah. and I needed it. And it was really bad. That was, I'll never forget that ride. I felt sick to my stomach. It was pretty bad, bad, bad. Well, and the thing about Nebo is that you get to the top. It's not all a descent on the way down. Like you've got a lot of work to do to get back to the bottom. Because yeah. there's probably another thousand feet of climbing just to get out of there because you do go down and then you got to climb up and um, that can really just be miserable if you're already t- cooked. <laughs> you're already peeing blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you're 22 miles away from any civilization. Yeah. You're out of cell service. So we're going to get some doilies up there this yes. next summer. Let's do it. It'd be, yeah, it's a good one. We should definitely do it. It's a fun, it's, it's definitely worth it. I'm, I'm glad I checked that box off. Um, I've never been there. It's, it it's is. really cool. It's a good ride. Fun. So Nebo's a must do <laughs> and Unicorn Ridge is <laughs> a must do as well. That's prettier than Nebo and not near as tough. Um, but that's the one that goes up Sheep Creek Road. That's what we did, right, Corby? Like last yes. year. Yes. Yeah, that one's awesome. That dude, that it's is fantastic. Oof. New I, pavement. Yeah. Nice. Um, was Corby? Was it you that was like, oh, there's nothing better than Big Mountain. I can't believe I've never ridden that. Was that you? Uh, you? It was your yeah. first time last year. Yeah. Yeah, I did Big Mountain twice last year. Yeah. It was like. Uh, no clue about it so cool it is a great i love big mountain like that is there's nothing better than knowing you've gotten up mill creek or uh emmy and then you've got big mountain ahead of you like except for when then the summer when the people are pulling their boats that that's like the worst feeling no kidding hey uh clark maybe you could tell uh, before we we're going to start moving into um just some advice from you 
I like this Davis's do hard things. Can you talk about that for a bit um, where that came from? Why yeah. that? Yeah. Can you do that? Um, yeah. It's, it's something that's installed. It's basically instilled in me all the way back. So uh, this is going to sound very uh, Salt Lake Valley-esque, but a large majority of my ancestors came across on handcarts. And Thanks. it's just something that we, it's just something that's been instilled in us. And even my great grandmother who, was a single you know, single mother who raised two two kids, um, worked seven days a week, had her own uh, parlor, did her own hair, like ran her own business. And, you know, in the late 1900s, that doesn't, you know, most women didn't do that. Um, and to me, it's always just been something that's a part of my DNA, I, I think. And I wanted my daughter to know that. And because life is just hard. And that's just all there is to it. And um, I can't remember where I heard this from, but, you know, it was this quote that I heard that said some, at some point in some day in the near future, your kids will figure out who you really are. Hmm. And that one always kind of struck me. It's like, I hope that when my daughter gets to that point that she's always going to be able to say like, we, he did hard things and he, and he just did it. And there was no question about it. Like that's who he was. And so, you know, it's kind of that mentality of that and, um, when my daughter was born, um, she, she was just the, the light of our life. Cause we took us forever to have, we didn't even have a kid. So, um, it was just an awesome opportunity to have at least one. We wanted five, six, and we got one. Um, now that I look back on it, my like, cool one's great. Uh, <laughs> don't know if I can manage five, but, uh, it wasn't until she was just about two years old that we found out she was born, um, hard of hearing, partially deaf. And uh, that was just an obstacle that she was just going to have to have her whole life. And so she's always been having to do hard things that other kids wouldn't. And I wanted her to use that as a tool and a motivation rather than like an enablement or a crutch. And so, you know, when, when we kind of taught her as she got older, you know, like, hey, what, you have to work hard. You have to focus hard. Like school will be harder because you will not be able to hear the teacher like everyone else will. You will not be able to catch on what people are saying because you might not hear it correctly. And you're going to be at a disadvantage and that's a hard thing, but you can do it. And so that's kind of where it's been instilled um, in our family. So that's Davis's do hard things. And we, and that's why I like cycling because I like big cycling events where yeah. I get to the end and it's like, yeah, I did a hard thing and, and I didn't stop. Dang, man. I love that, Clark. You're a good dad. Well done. No, I've just fallen down many times, so I know what bad dads look like. <laughs> Any follow-up, Corby? Uh, no. You're an easy you're you're an easy person to have interview, Corby. I like it. <laughs> no, that sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, um, what advice do you have, uh, young guys? And we can go anywhere here. I mean, advice for new guys. We're always having new guys on Zwift. Yeah. Um, advice for training how to stay motivated. Uh, you can take that anywhere you want to go. Oh, that's a big one. I'm probably not the best guy for training. Um, because I, 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 I've never followed a training plan my entire life. I've never done trainer road. I've never paid for a coach. I just love riding my bike and, but I don't want to knock people that do. Cause like that works for people. Um, and so I, I don't really like my advice is just very simple. It's, just remember that if someone were to, if, if you had to ask someone to judge you, 
how would they judge you? That's it. It's like, would you want someone to see all your flaws? No. So don't go see flaws of other people. Um, because at any moment in time, what if that was the, the script was flipped and they were looking at you? That's always like a big thing. I just, everyone's got stuff in their lives that's going on. And uh, you just have to remember that. And it's not that it's, I don't know, just got to be kind to people, understand that everyone's going through something. Um, on the bike for me personally, um, yeah, there are some things like after falling pretty bad the first time, uh, I realized how like unbreakable I am. Like I am not as cool as I thought. Like <laughs> Lycra didn't protect me. And that's when it kind of humbled me a little bit. So advice is, you know, is, is 61 miles per hour worth it to you? If you didn't, if, if you fell, um, just always do calculations, find out what your life is really worth and constantly be adjusting to the value that you're assigning the specific tasks that you're doing right now. And that goes for work. It goes for family, goes for cycling, anything. Is this what you're doing at this point? Is, is it valuable enough to keep doing it at the rate you're doing it? And does it bring value? So it's kind of like my advice for cycling as well. Um, I don't care if I'm the last one down the mountain. I do care if I'm the last one up the mountain though. <laughs> nice. Probably not as motivational as you would hope, but no way, man. It was awesome. I could find a cool quote or something, but, uh, oh, actually there is some good advice. This gets back to my running days. Um, Kipchoge, do you know, you know who that is? Mm. Yeah. Cool yeah. Isn't he, didn't he do the sub two hour marathon? Yeah, he's like the fastest mm -hmm. long distance runner in the world. Um, it, it's pretty cool. I'll try to not butcher it because he's really good at it, but they did an interview on him. And he, his biggest thing is, is set your priorities right. Um, and you do that in like three different ways, like avoid complaining at all costs, um, which is super important. Um, what else does he say? learn to say no, set your priorities and avoid complaining. And uh, that's, that's like how I think about it. And then that's like, and, and when you do that, you, you become more disciplined and the more disciplined you are, the more free you are. Nice. So there you go. There's my advice. What is uh Corby follow up? Any questions? Uh oh, what hold on. Your mic, your mic's cutting out. Sorry. Yeah. I'll start over. Yeah. There. That's good. Can you hear me out? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, just going back to what we were talking about with doing hard things on the bike, I guess. How do you translate? Or I've thought about this sometimes a little bit for my myself and my family. Like, how do you feel like doing hard things on the bike translates into being able to like also do hard things in other areas of life? Yeah, good question, Corey. Good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. You weren't kidding when you texted and said, we're going deep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's like, when I get on, like when I cycle, I dedicate that time to cycling. Like it's like, it's time to cycle. Um, like I love the Bible. Like it's my most favorite book. When it's time to read the Bible, it's time to read the Bible. 
and I just need to put that time. And when it's time to work, mm-hmm. it's, it's time to work. And um, when it's time to be with family, it's time to be with family. And I don't do that very well because I feel like if I can sacrifice something, they're my my wife and daughter were more they're more forgiving than my job. They're more forgiving than the loss of performance in cycling. Mm-hmm. They're more forgiving than well, maybe not Jesus, but <laughs> but I'm just saying like that's what it is for me. And I have a tendency to take the things the things that love me the most, I usually take for granted because I know that they will always love me. And when you take a week off cycling, you feel it. Like, you know, you've taken a week off cycling because it's very unforgiving. If you don't give your job hundred percent, your job will know, and they will, you know, there's, you know, ramifications and consequences for it. So that's like, that's the kind of the hard thing is like, how do I apply that same method where I've got, an hour and 45 minutes on Tuesday morning, I got, I got to get, I got to get off this bike and feel like I gave it everything I could because I won't get that hour and 45 back and I've got to move on to other things. Dan Clark, you wise. No, just old. (laughs) (laughs) Good question, Corby. Good question. That was a good question. What's happening for 2023, Clark? What's in the, what's in the books? Yeah, well, I just signed up for the Dino. I mm-hmm. think everyone should sign up for the Dino. That is, but the hundred. Yeah, didn't you do the sixty last time? I did it because I wasn't training. Okay, I had only ridden two gravel rides before the Dino. Yeah, okay, we're doing the hundred. So I'm doing the full hundred this time, um, which I'm excited about. Yeah. I love the Dino. I, to me, that other than a couple of big rivets across the road where you had to bunny hop at like forty miles an hour. Just, you know, be careful with that. Um, I love that ride. Dude, uh, great, no, incre- you would never think the gravel would be that good up there in the Uintas. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. That oh. that aid station up on that, like, little uh, prairie mm-hmm. and the, the little, like, lakes. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. That's cool. It was really good. So I'm doing that. Um, I haven't signed up, but we – so we're taking a cross-country trip every year. We go back to see my wife's family in Pennsylvania – and I think I'm going to do a UCI gravel event in Arkansas in Fayetteville. Okay, okay. Cool. So oh, wow. I'm excited for that. Uh, five Canyons. Uh, love that ride. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. That is awesome. I've done that. I've completed it one time, four <clears throat> canyons the next time uh, after that. And uh, I'll do the five canyons. And then I, I don't, I would do Tusher, but I'm gone. I'm gone pretty much all of July back East. So Okay. miss out on that one and then i don't know what will what else will have in store i would love to do a get the team 40 rider deep and try to do the fastest team loaded to finish mm-hmm. like, i'm not I, I mean i know i get taylor cannon like i get it dude like if if that's what you want to like I, i'll support you but i would love to do a big group go across the finish line i think that would be something people would talk about that for ages and i think it exemplifies what we are as a team which is you know like, yeah, you can get dropped on rides, but once again, we expect a hundred percent out of you. So train, right, be ready and let's show up and we'll all work together. Be so fun. I think be so that's about or it. We, or we ride from Jackson to Logan in the, on the same day. We just yes. That would throw them all off. <laughs> just don't use the bathroom in the wrong places. Okay. <laughs> Corby, um, final questions. Any uh, any Eversting events on the calendar for 23? Yeah. Backside of Suncrest? 
Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, you, you know me, Corby, I'm a, I'm a route guy. I throw them all up. I love them. Um, I think the goal, I've got, like the little hitting goal is I, w- I would love to be able to go sub 50 minutes on Alpine Loop this year. That's like, sure. the, I've got, I'm at 56 right now. That's the fastest time I ever did. I think the KOM is 44 minutes by um, uh, TJ uh, Eisenhart, I think. You're talking about the American Force toll booth to the top, to the to the thing, to the top. Yeah, yeah to like the summit, the 8,000. Yeah, it's like he's, he's, I think he still has it. It's like 44 minutes. I mean, he was going like 16 miles an hour. It was crazy. Hmm. I'll never be able to hit that. Um, I, I'd have to wait to open. I don't know how to do that in, in like real life. So look at Corby's eyes. He can do it. You can do it, Corby. Corby. Corby's all about it. So yeah, uh, that's it. I think for me, it's the fun little challenges. Um, we'll see. I've got something in the works. I'm not going to publish it out there yet, but a big one that I'm brewing over mm. okay. Uh, okay. 300 plus miles type thing. Very similar wow. to Corby awesome. when you went to uh, St. George on that five-man team. So just oh, some wow. stuff brewing, maybe mix in some gravel and some road, uh, that kind of thing. I think that we would be remiss if we didn't hear about your your uh, Everstein on the on the uh, trainer though on this podcast. <laughs> we Can you tell us, let's tell us end, about that? Just let's end there. This is a good ending. Very good. Great. Gosh, because um, I've I've only known so you and Richard Borget are the only ones I know that have done that. So it's here. I know how Richards went, but I haven't heard it from you. Yeah, it was, I literally, I set out on a, I just wrote it down on an old piece of cardboard, like my goal. I said, (laughs) virtual Everest. And I waited until December 22nd because I had one year to do it. And of course I waited till seven days before the end of the year. I woke up and I got on the bike. I rode over to the Alp and I just started going up and I just, it, it was literally like, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. I, I didn't like post it. Dang. I, I just did yeah. it. I just started writing. And then someone got on Zwift and is, and saw like, cause you know, you get on Zwift, you can see how long someone's been writing for. I think it was yeah. like, I think it was like nine hours in and they texted mm. me and they're like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just riding my bike. And they're like, I'm, I'm nine not sure. hours? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, I'm virtually everesting. And and so I had, I mean, like Matt Ryder jumped on and rode with me for a little bit. Cause that was back when you could select ride with somebody and then yeah. it would drop you mm-hmm. off right there and in, in yeah. there. And that's uh, back by the way. Oh, it is it. It's back. Okay. That's good to know. I just haven't used it because everyone should just show up on time. Um, but <laughs> it was, uh, that was funny enough. I thought that it would, would have been the hardest thing like physically that I had done, but it actually wasn't. Um, it was the mentally, it's like, it was mentally the hardest mm-hmm. thing I had to do. Uh, it took me 13 hours and changing your bibs was like, it felt like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I went through six bibs. I didn't even need to, I just did it. Mm-hmm. And the last lap up, um, I had my body had shut down. I stopped eating. I couldn't eat anymore. I had put like Dang. four or 5,000 calories in even like liquid wasn't good. And I just started to feel like I felt like my whole body shutting down i had to i almost fainted i get off the bike i had to lay down on the the mat on my ground and i still had 2200 feet of climbing to go 
and that felt like that felt like the longest 2200 feet of my life and uh finally got back i mean matt i, I had to tell matt Ryder, i was like sorry guys like i i can't pedal right now <laughs> and so uh that was brutal uh I, i'll probably never do that again that's uh, <laughs> i i do it outside probably I think that it gives you a different element. I know you you guys have done it outside, but inside is because you have to abide by certain rules. Like you have to you have to mm. stand on the scale, you have to take a picture okay. at the day, you have to have your different your trainer difficulty at 100 mm-hmm. percent Um, you have to link your Strava, you have to prove that your power is real, you have to have a certified train, like all of these different things to make it real uh, and, and legit. And so I did all those things and, and, uh, yeah, but that's kind of who I am. I'm just, it's, I'm just, it's like the PRL full, like, all right, we're doing it. And we just get up and we just ride. Cause the more you think about it, the more you're not going to do it. <clears throat> that <was> funny. <laughs> so dude, 13 hours. Unreal. Yeah. So I guess it's yeah. safe. I guess it's safe going downhill down the Alp. Yeah. It's, it's night. That, that's when you eat and you go to the bath. Like I, because of that, I felt like I was I felt like it was a little bit of cheating. So Mm -hmm. I told myself I have to be back on my bike pedaling before I flatten out because I didn't want to stop because I felt Mm -hmm. like you got to be like, do everything you possibly can to get ready. And then before you finish, before you slow down, hit the reverse button and start right back up again. That was kind of like my my goal because if I sat down there, if the rider wasn't moving, I felt like ride time was a very important one, except for when I had to get off the bike. I had to get off the bike. I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> For the listeners that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about eight and a half laps on Alpha Zwift. Yeah. In totally. one round. Yeah, totally 29,000 feet of vertical climbing. Yeah. I was super scared that I didn't get it. So I rode an extra couple hundred feet just to be safe because you nice. never know. I, I was just like, there's no way I'm not going to not get this. Thing. It's a badge too, right? Isn't it? That's yeah, a badge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, gotta, get get you that gotta get it. I got it. I'm missing that one. And I'm also missing the one where you get a hundred ride-ons and a ride. That's a bad here. I'm missing that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to, I have to join more. You just have to join rides where there's like 5,000 guys. I, I don't know. I've tried Stu, I tried that with the tortoise Zwift, the first yeah. stage. I started late rode slow and every t- cause you can double tap and like heart or not heart. Like, let me think. Yeah. The thumbs, thumbs up. up. I could, I got 60 and I'm yeah. like, this is, impo- this is impossible. If you, like, if you were riding for like three hours, I, I mean, I don't know. I bet there's rides that people organize that that is the goal of the ride. Oh, I'm sure. Right? Yeah, for sure. I just swift, man. It's like a sick world. <laughs> so there's things I didn't even know existed about it. Uh, but yeah, like that's funny. Yeah. Can, can, do they have to be unique ride-ons? Can someone give you a ride-on over and over again? No, no, no. It's gotta be one. You only yeah. get once. One from one person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Clark, you are the man. I'm grateful that you lead that Utah County group. Um, there's a Utah County group me that Clark's always posting rides to. Like I mentioned, organizing our Zwift rides. And I'm just grateful for your leadership example. Uh, if you don't know Clark, hopefully this helped. Um, so super grateful for you, man. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks, too. Appreciate the leadership there. And, yeah. and uh, you know, shout out to Chip and, and, uh, jake and everyone that puts everything together i i don't know how many times i text you on a random basis and i'm sure you probably get hundreds of those so uh i think for me to the rest of the team anybody who listen to this like we have a, we have great leadership on this team and uh you know subtle plug like 
Corby's Corby joining the team as a team sponsor has been massive for me. Um, any question I have, he responds faster than anyone. And uh, low key, I'll have my entire bike built by uh, cycling upgrades at some point in time. Like, <laughs> all right. One seat at a time, you know. Oh, but awesome. thanks, too. Appreciate everything you guys did. You guys are awesome. I uh, love being a part of this team. And, you know, for the longest time before I joined, I actually thought it was uh, Diwali, not Diwali. Mm. Diwali. Say however you want. Well, it's an Indian holiday, I guess. So I'll probably stick with Diwali. <laughs> Diwali. <laughs> no, that's good. Nice, too. All right, all fellas. Right, I paid Clark for that uh, cycling upgrades mention. So. Oh yeah, that was sponsored. You also had one last week on Group Mia that I knew was paid for. Yeah. Whoever that guy. Was. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? I paid for all my stuff. <laughs> I did want to compliment Clark though. Uh, oh, by all means, No, really, I, I think you're a great example of a Dwayne uh, for everyone to look up to. I think everyone knows that Clark is welcoming of everyone on the group rides. Clark's no man left behind kind of guy and uh, is always just excited to organize a ride and never gets tired of being the yellow leader. So I appreciate, appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you, Clark. Thanks, Corby. Thanks, sure. guys. Bye.